You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Talk Recorded live. Appreciate you being there. Brother Chad will be with us later. They're caught in traffic up there in the big sea, and um, he'll be with us after a while. But if you will, Brother David, go ahead and open us in a word of prayer, please, and yes. um, be sure and pray that the, that the Spirit of God will be with us tonight, okay? It's important. Amen. Go ahead. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come tonight, and we come with a grateful heart that we have been counted worthy of another day of service for you. And I pray that we would take every day more serious and more to heart and mind and soul, that we need to be fervent in our service for you, service to the Lord Jesus Christ, exalting the preeminent one. We pray for divine encounters, divine appointments to witness to people, to pray for people that they may come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and that they may come to the realization that Jesus is alive and active today and not just some history written about him, about a man who lived and is gone and dead, but he is alive, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I pray, Lord, for for unction and, and power and wisdom to break through strongholds in people's minds where they would open up and hear God, the Spirit of God speaking through the Word of God. And I pray that in Jesus' name. And Lord, tonight I pray, Lord Jesus, that the anointing of the Spirit be upon us, upon the reading and upon the exhortation and preaching of the Word of God by Pastor Don 
And I pray that the Spirit of God move in the hearts and minds of everyone in the chat and everyone that downloads from this day forth. Whoever listens, may the anointing of the Spirit of God come upon them as they hear the Word of God. And I pray for changed minds. I pray for fruit, Lord, to come forth from these messages tonight. I pray for fruit that people would change, that that your saints would be encouraged and be emboldened and brazened with desire to seek the Lord Jesus Christ and to serve him, and that those who aren't saved, Lord, would be moved upon of their need to repent of their sins and to get right and to be a part of the kingdom of God through the blood of Jesus Christ and to have his spirit living in them. And Lord, I pray for all those who have needs that have been lifted up to you tonight. I pray, Lord, that and agree that you would listen to and hear and answer every one of those needs, Lord, in the manner in which you desire to see them answered. And I give thanks for that, that we're not just praying to the wind or to the air, but we have the ear of God, if indeed you're born of his spirit. And Father, in Jesus' name, I give thanks for all these things. Lord Jesus, I give thanks for this, that you've made it possible. For all these things, I'm truly grateful in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. 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 Okay, we're going to start out in verse 32, folks, here in Matthew. And this is the Lord preaching some hard preaching. All right? It's, this is tough stuff. This is what I talk about all of, basically all the time. All right? It's not some of Brother Don's idea. It's strictly the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When I get, sometimes I get bent out of shape about it, all right? Because it's so important that you understand these things. And like in Brother Dave's prayer, he was praying for the ones that don't know him as personal Savior. Let me explain, let me explain that in some, a little drawn, some drawn-out terms but I think you'll understand what I'm saying when I finish, especially the ones that it's meant to, to hear it. All right? And it's about salvation. Salvation is not, and this is what we, this runs rampant, especially with the Internet and with YouTube, and it runs rampant with people that all they spend their time in is what they think is true history, which is not necessarily mainstream history, but they're claiming it's true history just because mainstream history is a lie, as in the earth, the shape of the earth, the cognitive dissidence, the stuff that's been implanted in us since we were children, certain things not having anything to do with the Word of God specifically. There's a lot of things that we've been indoctrinated in that's a lie. That's just not true. But the Word of God endures forever. It's been a mainstay since the very beginning. Since the since the since writing started, it's been the mainstay. And overall, even with the, the different translations and everything, even with the multitude of different translations, it's still been the mainstay. The Father has made sure. 
I've explained to you in programs past, the Lord gave us two ways that a holy God could make himself known to his creation, to his creatures. And one was the creation itself in Romans chapter 1, and two was his book handed down to us. And its unchangeableness and its longevity of standing up through all the centuries, through all the millennia, and his promise to keep that word and keep it available for us. But dealing with salvation, salvation, folks, is not some kind of mental ascension. Like one day you wake up and you decide, well, I think I'm going to be a Christian now, and I'm going to start changing this and changing that, and I'm going to start learning how Christian, quote-unquote, Christian supposed to talk, blah, blah, blah. It is not a mental ascension of knowledge. But it's a new birth of the heart. It's a transformation that takes place of the heart. And it's repentance by God. God gives you the repentance. There has to be repentance before there can be salvation. It's always, people think about salvation in Christian, they think, oh, it's somebody that does good and is morally right. Salvation comes first, then comes the doing good. Because before that, no matter how moral you are, no matter what you did or didn't do, it counts for absolutely zero. Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. So if you happen to be some some person that has tuned in for the first time or have run, been one of these thing, these people that think they can just learn this, learn these certain topics, and all of a sudden tag the name Christian onto yourself, folks, that dog won't hunt. Period. The Lord will give you repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. No man can come to the Father, number can come to the Son, except the Father draw him, number one. And if the Father draws you and you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, he says He will. you come to him, he will in no wise cast you out. Amen, Brother Dave? Amen. As a matter of fact, turn to John and let's read those verses of Scripture. So well, you can go ahead and find it, and um, I'm going to go ahead and finish what I'm talking about, okay? Okay. But it's not a mental ascent, ascension of knowledge to a certain position where you can call yourself Christian. It's a transformation of the heart. It's a new birth, as the Bible says. If any man be in Christ, behold, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, all things are become new. It's a, it's a transforming process that takes place. It'll take this, the salvation part takes place instantaneously. The transforming part is kind of like a, a cocoon that trans, from a worm transforms into a butterfly. That's over a period of time called a perfecting process. But there will be a transformation. There will be. Otherwise, there's no Christian there. Period. The repentance, like Paul said, 
he had not ceased to preach to everyone repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. This transforming process will be a new, there'll be a something different. And in this transforming process, there will be a dislike for things you did like. There will be an innate, there will be, number one, a desire for God's truth. Number two, there will be a hatred, yes, hatred and a dislike for things that are wicked even though you will still continue in the old man to be a sinner till the day you die. That's why we're going to deal with the sure mercies of David tonight because that's where the doctrine of eternal security came from. That's the reason, and I'll show you that tonight when we get into the doctrine of the sure mercies of David. But during this transforming process that takes place, there'll be a change in your, eventually a change in your life, There'll be a change in what you like and dislike. You'll find out that it you'll it, it'll be a kind of hindsight deal to where you'll look back and you say, "Well, I don't necessarily go there anymore, or I don't necessarily like that as much as I did." There'll be something. The Lord will bear. The Holy Spirit will bear witness in your life. That's the reason Apostle Paul tells you, and so does Peter. Examine yourself whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobate. As then Peter says, brethren, with all diligence, make your calling and election sure. And this trans, and during this transforming process, you will know that. The Spirit of God will not leave you hanging. It's people with their different ideas, false doctrine, this person believing that, that person believing this, that will get you to doubt. It'll be the demonic spirits, the evil spirits that cause you to doubt this transforming process of you from a worm into a butterfly. Am I being clear, Brother David? Yes, I believe so. Okay. As this process takes forth, you, you will notice a difference in the you won't get the kick of hanging around with the same type of people you hung around with before. Folks, this is not, I'm not talking about something that is, um, that this is not no Baptist doctrine. This is, this is biblically, absolutely biblically, foundationally a fact. Okay? Paul makes it so clear in Corinthians when he lists off this list about queers, effeminate, liars, cheaters, blah, blah, blah. And then he said, then in the very next verse he says, and such were some of you. But now you're washed. Now you've been cleansed. It's time for a new life. It's that transforming process to take place. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> but you will notice it taking place. That's that. It'll be there'll be joy. There'll be this this joy inside in your heart that you can't quite put your finger on. And even in the worst of troubles, it can get so bad, you'll even wonder if the joy is there anymore. Trust me. But it'll be there. It'll never leave you. Christ said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. If so be the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. That's what Paul says in Romans chapter 8. This difference in life, in the walk of life, 
you will start gaining the hatred, not just for uh, some other race, but things that God hates, you will begin to hate. I said things, not things. That's just one, one minute detail. Okay? And to under, understanding the Word of God, the more you understand, the more this transforming process, the, one, the more you understand and the more you apply through obedience these things the Lord gives you, the, the more sounder and grounded you'll be in your trust and faith in the one that died for you. And if anybody preaches, teaches, talks, or believes otherwise, they're either lost or deceived or they're demonically influenced or all three. Can you say amen to what I've said, Brother David? Amen. Amen, amen. There's Brother Chad. Amen. Good, Hi, glad Chad. you made it, brother. Me too. Praise the Lord. Folks, that's very important you get this because there's some, there is no doubt, and as many people as we have download this program, and the folks that come to the chat room, there's no doubt that I'm always talking to someone that does not know. Jesus Christ personally. There's no doubt in my mind. Shall I read the verses on no wise cast out? Oh, absolutely. I want you to read this and that, that the Lord said when, when I talked about the repentance and coming to the Lord. And, and let's see what the Lord himself said. Go ahead, yes. brother. Three verses here. Uh, John chapter 6, verse 37 to 39. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh <clears throat> him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing but I should raise it up again at the last day. Amen, amen, amen. That's the, that's the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, folks. And that's going to go right along with the sure mercies of David. Because until he made that everlasting covenant with David, well, I'll, I'll get into it whenever we, we start it. I'll, I'll make the comments on it later on. But I wanted to get this to start to get it out to get the program started off with because as we finish out chapter ten here. Oh boy, by the way, brother Chad, we're going to start at verse thirty-two. Okay. Yes. Because it's very important. See, if you if when you find yourself disagreeing in the spirit with what Jesus said. It's got nothing to do with your inability to believe plain English. The disagreement and that twinge that rubs you the wrong way, it's called what, Brother Dave? It's called the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, conviction. It's called conviction, folks. It's called conviction. Because that's what he was sent. That's one of his jobs. It tells us in John 14 and 15. And when someone committed a crime... And they stand before the court, and they're found guilty. They're what? 
Convicted. Convicted. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and this is something that is done personally. Don't buy into the lie. And I made this, this is specifically, this is specifically to those heretics that try to tell you that it's national salvation instead of personal salvation now. See, that's a half-truth. And a half-truth is exactly what Satan used on Eve in the Garden of Eden. There's no such thing as a half-truth. It's either the whole truth or what, Brother Chad? Or not the whole truth. Or a lie. It's That's either right. the whole truth or it's a lie. It's the way the Lord puts it simple. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. How much simpler can you get? That's in John chapter 3, by the way. So, all these little pray after me, hold my hand, all that stuff, okay? I didn't say that that wouldn't be part of the part of the salvation. I'm telling you that you will know a period of time where the conviction you realize how wicked as hell you really were. That's the Spirit's conviction of sin. That's what it was the first thing. He would convict the world of sin, okay? That's what you will understand as an individual when the Holy Spirit, when God's drawing you, is your state as a sinner. And remember what I said the other night? I'm saying it again tonight. Never connect morality with Christianity, with true biblical Christianity. Because the Christian comes first, then comes the the good stuff. You can be as moral, never walk, step out on your wife, never drink, smoke, chew, run with them that do, or anything. Your character can be flawless. And you can fry like potatoes and onions and a cast iron skillet in there. Salt Lake City. I'm telling you folks, that's a good example, Brother Chad. Because the Mormons are just as they're they're one of the most moral, quote unquote, they're a religion. See, we're not a religion. So don't ever don't ever think we're a religion. We're we're it's got no, we're no religion. Catholicism's a religion. Islam is a religion. Buddhism is a religion. Okay? We're not a religion. You know, we're the only people that are, quote-unquote, called a religion, that our belief, everything that we believe, is determined upon where there's somebody in a hole in the ground or not. If you could find one toenail, and Lord, I speak reverently, if you could find one hair follicle, one chromosome, if you could find one bone, anything of Jesus Christ, everything that's been taught for 2,000 years, trash can it. Or as the Apostle Paul said, if Christ be not risen, our faith is vain, your belief is in vain, and you're yet dead in your sins and are of all men most miserable. 
That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The great chapter on the gospel and the resurrection. So when I come across, like we're fixing to go down through with these hard sayings that the Lord put forth, and I told you the other night, I push you way out on the limb on purpose. I told you that all the fruit grows out on, on the end of the limbs. It don't grow back close to the trunk. You can't be safe in the world's sense of safety and be a Christian. You just can't do it. You can try. You won't be worth the powder and shot. It'd blow you into next week as a Christian if you do it. I didn't say you wasn't a Christian. I'm just saying you'd be in the same position as old Thomas. You'd be useless. And the Lord just might as well just go, give you over to a reprobate mind and just let you live your life on out, whatever, or take you on out immediately. He can do one of the two. There's examples in the Word of God for everything that just came out of my mouth, folks. But I want you to get this, because, like I said, it's, it's, it's very, it's, that's what the gospel's all about. When they, when in 1 Corinthians, when people were bragging about, such and such baptized them, or I was baptized by Cephas, or such and such baptized me, blah, blah, blah. Paul said, I don't give a flip who baptized you. He said, I baptized one or two here or there, and I know not if I baptized any other, because I didn't come to baptize, I come to preach the gospel. Water baptism has nothing to do with your salvation. Water baptism is obedience to Christ showing that you have trusted him. It's, some, it's an afterthought, as it says in 1 Peter 3.21. The show of the answer of a good conscience toward God. That that transforming process is taking place in your life from that worm to a butterfly. Think I'm making it up, Chad? Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Okay. Start at verse 14 and read through verse 17. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 14. Brother Dave, turn to 1 Corinthians 12 while he's doing this. Okay. Paul says, I thank God that I baptized none of you. Okay, go a little bit above ahead. Now, now why would Paul be thanking God he didn't baptize anybody if baptism saved you? Had anything to do with your salvation at all? <laughs> Amen. Well, there, there, if, if, that's what I keep telling you. I'm gonna calm down now. I'm not gonna get fired up right now. Just come try to calmly get this across. Go back up about three or four verses, brother. Yeah, and let's go to the uh, yeah the chapter uh, paragraph marker at First uh, Corinthians one and ten. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you. But that oh, if that be... were only true. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. But that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? 
was Paul crucified for you, or were ye baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I had baptized in my own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. Okay, y'all got that? So Amen. If, you're, if you think, you, if your answer to me would be, well, I got baptized when blah, blah, that don't hold water, see? <laughs> Pun intended. Pun intended. That don't hold water. Not when it comes to true salvation. While Brother Dave is reading 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse um, started about verse 11 and read to verse 13, Brother Chad, I want you to go to Romans chapter 10, and I want you to go down to where it says, uh, If thou shalt believe in thine heart, and I want you to put, put on your Strong's Concordance, I want you to pull up the word pistos, which will be believed, and I want to explain this belief business. So we can get rid of this mental ascension thing or, or, or enlighten some people that need to get rid of this mental ascension type salvation or just because you've got some knowledge about something, think you're a Christian. I want to get rid of that and explain what belief, when the Bible says believe, what it actually is talking about. It is actually talking about belief, but we'll get to that in just a second. Brother Dave, I'm going to show you the baptism that does save, Okay. You hear all through, you'll read all throughout the Pauline epistles, in Christ, if you're in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, one body, the body of Christ, the body of Christ, the mystery that was hidden from the foundation of the world. None of the apostles knew anything about being in Jesus Christ or Christ in you, the hope of glory. None of them knew it until Paul explained it to them. It was hidden from the foundation of the world. John the Baptist wasn't even in the body of Christ. None of those uh, before the resurrection believers had anything to do with the body of Christ. John the Baptist is not the bride. He is the friend of the bridegroom. Can't get much plainer than that. Brother Dave? Yes, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. But all these worketh that one and selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, capital S, are we all baptized into one body whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. There you go. It's all, all the differences are actually one body with many members, and each member having a different office and a different duty, just like I've explained to you guys over 
and over again. And as we get into the epistles, oh, we're going to have a ball when we get to Romans and start through the epistles. I can't wait. Amen. Amen. I can't wait. That's where that's where my bread's buttered, okay? That's where my bread's buttered. From Romans to Hebrews. That's where my bread is buttered. That's about, <laughs> that's my um no, I don't even know how to say it. I'm not gonna say anything else about it. By one spirit, that baptism is what saves you. Brother Dave, go to Colossians two. Okay. Start at verse ten and read them about what takes place at that baptism. Okay. I'm there. Colossians 2, verse 10. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. There you go. That's that, that's that spiritual circumcision you hear me and Brother Dave talking about. We'll get into it in detail when we get to the epistles again for the third time. So once you get that one down, you get spiritual circumcision down, the sure mercies of David makes all the sense in the world to you. It'll make all the and you'll you'll be rock solid and somebody uh, some spirit comes and, and hey, it happens all the time. A spirit oh, you couldn't be saved and think that. You couldn't be saved. Oh yes you can. Because you're two different people. You're schizophrenic, so to speak. You're two people. You're two people inhabiting one body. One's dead and one's alive. If so, be the Spirit of God dwells in you. So, we're going to leave that. That's heavy stuff, okay? But I'll try to simplify it more than I've ever simplified it before when we get back to the epistles later on. So, having said all that, now we're going to get to some tough stuff. We're going to go over it again. I'm not going to yell and scream. I think you got a pretty good idea when we go through it, of what I'm talking about when I say the things I'm going to say. So, Brother Dave, before I go any further in Matthew, you go ahead and turn to Second Samuel, please, chapter okay. seven. You can you can just part right there for the time being, okay? Yes. Okay, Brother Chad, Matthew chapter ten, verse thirty-two. I'm. Uh, I have Romans ten nine open with this. Oh, duo. I forgot about that. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, I want to get this belief business down. I want you to read to them the definitions of belief, every single one of them, okay? Okay. Biblical usage of uh, uh, whatever Strong's word this is. It's pistuo. It's pistos, pistos, okay? Uh, Maybe it's it's from the root of pistos. Let me see. Just close the little speaker up there. This is pistos. So it's from the root of this one. Do you want me to read the... It don't matter about the root. Just just, just click the word where it's p- uh, pistos, okay? And let me hear what it sounds. What the sound okay, is so here's the one from Romans 10, 9. And it means to think to be true, to be persuaded of, to credit, place confidence in. 
of the thing believed to credit have confidence of the thing believed. Okay, stop right there. To have confidence in. See, you can believe a lot of things you ain't got no confidence in. Whenever you get in your car, you've got confidence when you turn the switch, it's going to crank. Right? And we could go into all kinds of illustrations, but keep on. It's got to do with trust. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, the Thayer's lexicon is, is much, much better. The thing believed being evident from the preceding context. Um, to believe one's words in a moral and religious reference used in the New Testament of the conviction and trust to which a man is impelled by a certain inner and higher prerogative and law of his soul. Did I hear conviction? Yeah, yes, you heard you heard conviction, right? You said conviction, yes. right? Yes. Amen. Continue on. Continue on. Uh, to trust in Jesus or in God as able to aid either in obtaining or in doing something. That's what I want you to get to. It is not mental ascension, folks. It's a. It's kind of like if I was on video, I could wrap. I could show you by wrapping my arms around something. That's what this word pistos. It's wrapping your arms around something, grabbing on to something, which causes you to do something. Okay? It's not just keeping your arms by your side and saying, yeah, I believe that, and walking on. That's not what it's all about. True belief causes action. It causes transformation. From the... From uh, the brother Don... Chad, uh, I'm talking, brother. Sorry. It's starting with the it's the worm to the butterfly, folks. That's why I say the Spirit will bear witness with your spirit that you are a son of God. It, that's even a verse in the Scripture. That the Spirit bears witness with us that we are the children of God, it says in 1 John. And he will because this, this, this process takes place. Folks, you can go on saying you're a Christian and you believe and if you if that if there's no transforming process taking place and you're not laying on your back on a respirator, you have deceived your own self. Or deceived by the devil, or you're a liar. It's just that simple. The cross is where two wills meet, your will and God's will. That's what the cross is all about. Two different wills meeting. Remember I told you about how the devil said, I will, and the Lord said, not my will, but thine be done, Lord. See? The two opposites. The two opposites. Now, what were you going to say, Chad? Oh, I just went to the root, which was the one I think you were referring to, pistis. Uh, it's the first de the first definition in the root of the word that I was giving the definition of is conviction of the truth of anything. So it's the same word. It's just a, a slightly slightly different Greek. They're, the two words are connected. Connected. Well, of course they are. Yes. There's even more an opisos. It's got an aha in front of it. I forget where it's found, but it's even stronger. I should have went. This this was done on the fly. Before the program started, it just come to my mind that I needed to do this of what the stuff that I'm in the introduction into before we get to verse 32. The Lord just said, "You need to do this one like one time, boy, or again, or again." I've done it before, but not in detail like this before. I've give illustrations and everything before, but this just needs to be done. 
according to what the Spirit was dealing with me about before the program started. But Amen. there's even a stronger belief. It's it, 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 Like I said, it's a grabbing on, and that grabbing on causes action. Real, real belief causes action. That's the reason it's so important to confess with your mouth. Okay? And that belief is always belief in the heart. That heart pumps blood boop, boop, throughout the body, and the body, in turn, is alive. It's nourished, and it does things. Okay? That's as simple as I know how to put it. Now, if you don't have a clue what I'm talking about, you're one of those people, one of those three things I said. And I say it with all love. Okay? With every bit of charity and with phileo and agape love I can come up with. It's not meant to harm anything. Because he that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. But the wrath of God remaineth on him. And Brother Dave read to you, whosoever the Lord calls to the Lord, he will in no wise cast you out. He will exceed you will be in the fold of the sheepfold. And his sheep hear his voice and he calls them by nation? Uh uh-uh. uh. Calls them by what, Brother Dave? Name. Bingo. Personal salvation. Bye bye, Clifton Emma Hauser. False prophet, deceived, suckered in, and you're a brother. I'm ashamed of you. I'm ashamed of you. So let's get into some of the Lord's Lord saying what he came to do and in turn what he expects out of you. If so be the Spirit of God dwells in you. And that transformation is taking place in your life. Verse 32, brother. Matthew 10 and 32. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Okay, you can confess him all day long and do nothing with that confession, and it ain't worth a flip. I'm not saying your works has anything to do with salvation because it doesn't have jack squat to do with it. I'm just telling you, true Christianity leads to good works. That's in the very same context where it says, by grace through faith are you saved. And that not of yourself, see. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto what, Brother David? Good works. Good works, sorry. Created unto good works. So therefore one goes right along, causes other. That's the reason Brother James says faith without works is dead being alone. Okay? So, you confess him. Oh, oh, you see these mega churches. All right? All these people said, quote, unquote, the sinner's prayer. That 
You know, it, it, I thought I'd never, I thought these words I'm fixing to say would never come out of my mouth, but they're fixing to because it's the truth. That sinner's prayer has probably damned as many folks to hell or will as it has that it is have brought ones into the kingdom. Mm. And that's a powerful thing to say, folks, but it's true. And ye shall know them by the fruits they bear. I hate to say that, but it's just the way it is. That's mental ascension. That is a mental ascension. People were like, well, I got down on my knees and I did what the preacher said. It ain't doing nothing. If there's no conviction, if there's no repentance, repentance is a change from one to the other, a change of mind. It's a turning from and a turning to, but it's always it's turning from something to something else. Like I explained a while ago in the introduction part about no mental ascension but a new birth and transforming of the heart. Like Paul said, having this confidence that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ, Philippians 1, 6. See, that's that transforming worm to butterfly. Will perform it. It will be done. You can rest assured it will bear fruit. And not what you like to do. It won't be what you love to do. It won't be what is you comfortable doing, as the Lord's fiction to tell you. It won't be loving Aunt Sally, okay? And making sure Aunt Sally gets a, gets a meal in the afternoons, even though that's important to say, but that's worthless without the sun. Uh, S-O-N. That's worthless without you and Christ and him and you. Christ in you the hope of glory. And folks, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to get, talk some folks out of their salvation. I'm trying to obey the scriptures and do and tell you exactly what the Apostle Paul told the Corinthians and Peter told the strangers, okay? And the brethren when he wrote in Second Peter chapter 1. Because it bears fruit, and there is so much, and it ain't got nothing to do with what you see. You just see fruit, and then you know the Spirit will bear witness. And when you don't, you don't hear, you don't see. All you can do is come to the, and it shouldn't do that, but Paul did it. So I'll do it myself, too. You come to the assumption that you're talking to some folks that, hey, they don't, they don't believe a word you're saying. And the Holy Spirit is not convicting because there's no action. I mean, I hate to say that, but I understand now why Paul said what he said to the Corinthians and to the Galatians, especially the Galatians. Talked about preaching to them in vain and said he was afraid they'd fallen from grace. Don't think that I'm speaking out of turn. 
Continue on, Brother Chad. Matthew 10 and 34. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. You, you, well, I got I to gotta do this. Bro, brother, brother Dave, turn to, well, just hold your place there. Go to Hebrews chapter 13. Okay. I want you to go in there where it talks about the pastors that watch for the congregation's soul, okay? Okay. Then that, see, that's what I have to do, folks. That's the reason a lot of times I'm so repetitive. Because we're not in a building, a brick and mortar, where we fellowship every two or three days, you know, and see each other and see each other's life and how we're doing and crying with one another and laughing with one another. I have to do this. I'm commanded to do it. Okay, Hebrews 13, verse 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you see folks i'm accountable for every syllable that comes out of my mouth to you i'm accountable whether you know it or not we I just, brother Dave just read it to you you believe it or don't you well, I ain't going to understand. See, he's talking about spiritual rule. That's not talking about somebody taking a, a chain and beating you over the head with it and dragging you along. That's not what that's talking about, folks. It's talking about being able to give you the word of God in truth, teaching and preaching to you the whole counsel of God. I watch for your soul. I have to pray about the things I say and with the stuff I put together. I'm accountable for your, whether you know it or not or believe it or not, I'm accountable for your actions, what you do. That's going to blow some of y'all's minds. Now you wonder why I get so aggravated sometimes and even get in the flesh sometimes about it. Because I believe the book. Every blessed word. And by the way, the whole context is about brotherly, it's about brothers and sisters in Christ. The whole thing, by old context of chapter 13. Ain't no lost folks there. Am I correct, Brother Dave? Yes, that's it. Man, continue on, Brother Chad. You can go back to Second Samuel, Brother Dave. Okay. Matthew 10 and 34. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. See, folks, the other night when I was talking about that, I wasn't making it up. There's no allegory here. He's going to explain what he's talking about in just a few minutes. It's who you who you going to love, who you love the most, see? Nobody said here trying to tell you you're supposed to hate your family. Nobody, Christ is not telling because you're commanded to take care of your family. It's, that'd be contrary to the word of God. The Lord's trying to get a point across. Because if you do what he's saying, it will bear fruit. It will show. It's not going to get done in a corner. The Word of God knows every 
centimeter, if whatever that is, every millimeter, every part of an inch, quarter of an inch, 60, 32nd, 64th of your heart and your thoughts and your intents. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what, Brother Chad? Uh, by the word of God. Thank you. Continue on, brother. Yes, uh, Matthew 10 and 36. And a man's foes shall shall be they of his own household. Amen. And they will. And I can get, I can tell you that from, from personal experience in a big way. You know, just a side note before we run on down through here. I had somebody call me. Do you remember the other night when I got on the program and I was thanking my family for taking care of that first payment? Remember the other night when I was thanking my family? I had a person call me on telephone and said, "Man, it's good that you got good. You got it. Was it your mama or your daddy?" I said, um, "I'm not going to call them now." I said, "I wasn't talking about my earthly family. Praise I was Lord. talking about my family." in the ministry. That's the only family I have. That's not hyperbole. That's a fact. I mean, I literally have brother and two sisters and two daughters and a granddaughter and a son-in-law and blah, but hey, not one peep out of any of them. Everything I said was just as true as John 3, 16. It was my family and you guys are who I was talking about. Because y'all are my family. Many. But anyway, I just wanted to throw that in. That's how people can misunderstand, okay, when they just pop in every now and then, when they forsake their assembling of themselves together, like it tells you about in Hebrews not to do. You did know that, right? Oh, okay. Continue on. That's... I was just, it was reminding me of when I had Brother Dave over here in the Hungarian, so I told him, they're like, who's that guy? I'm like, oh, that's my brother, that's my brother Dave. <laughs> yeah. They're like, your brother? I'm like, yeah, my brother in Christ. Oh. <laughs> like he understood. <laughs> yeah. Well, he got it. We, we, had a, we had a good talk to him and that, Laszlo and I. Anyways, uh, Matthew 10 and 37. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. See, that, see that's, that's what all that talk above was about, exactly what I've been telling you. Halt in between two opinions. Where is your love the most? What do you spend your time with the most? That's where your love will be, folks. You can't get around it with a get-around machine. You can deny it. You can run from it. You can try to justify it. You can deceive your own self about it. You cannot get away from it. Whatever you hold in esteem higher than you do the Lord Jesus Christ is your God. I don't care if it's a newborn baby or a 93-year-old mother. And I don't mean that in malice. I mean, he didn't understand it. Well, oh, I know my heart. Yeah, I know you know that nobody knows your heart but you. That's for your own, see. Because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And as a man thinketh in his heart, 
so is he. See, the book's got you covered no matter which way you try to weasel out of it. That's the reason I keep telling you, nobody said this journey was easy. Nobody said this transformation from a worm to a butterfly was going to be a cakewalk. And for some, that means that for you to obey, you've got to stop and take a deep breath and rearrange your whole way of thinking or either suffer the consequences. Then then immediately comes in the unbelief. Then immediately the justification comes in where you find everywhere in the world to pull some kind of justification to soothe your own conscience. And folks, it just will not work. For every man shall give an account of himself to God. Continue. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. How much how much more, how much harder could you stick a dagger in than what he just did? They claim that a mother's love for her child is there's no greater love, you know. But it's amazing when the Lord is going to show you his definition of greater love. It's kind of weird. He doesn't use a man's love for his wife or a woman's love for her husband or even a woman's love for her newborn child. He even tells you that sometimes a woman won't love her newborn child, which is so prevalent today. Mm. But what he uses it is no greater love hath man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. And back with Father Abraham, it was a father and his son. It's a man's love for his son. It was a man's love for a man loving a man, not a man loving a woman or a woman loving a child. That's the illustration God uses for real bona fide love. You ever stop to think about that? And now he's saying if you love anything, because, hey, mother and daddy, that's a big deal. You love them, man. I mean, you, you, you cry, pray for them, you love them. If you've got good ones, even if some of you got bad ones, like I had. I still loved them. But you have to choose which one you love the most. That's the choices you make in this transformation. You may make the wrong one sometimes. But there's always repentance. And like I said, some will have to take a deep breath. And some at an age where it may be impossible to change. And I say that with with sadness of heart because yes. of, the, of the deception that's taken place through all these years and after you get adjusted to doing something for such a long period of time it takes a miracle from God but he can do it but you can do it for with God all things are possible and like I've told you over and over again baby steps to start with folks 
because if you try doing the big tamale at one time, you'll fall flat to your face. The reason I told you the other night that one of the ways to accomplish these things is every day do something you don't want to do. Continue on, brother. Verse 38. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Be worthy of him? What cross are you bearing? What is it you've done today that you didn't like? Because what what kind of burden did you do today that that that, that caused you grief? Hmm? See what I mean? Folks, preaching and teaching like this is practically non-existent today. Preaching and teaching like this a hundred years ago was everywhere. Okay? That's why you're in the condition you're in today and the body of Christ is in the condition it's in today. Continue, brother. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. You see, it's not your, you're not your own anymore. You're a slave, bought, paid for, sold on the block. King James cleaned it up a little bit to call it servant. But it's doulos in the Greek. And it means a slave just like a blue gum sold in Pennsylvania to his cotton field owner. That's why you're supposed to, to commit your body a living sacrifice. Are you worthy of it? Well, none of us, none of us folks bat a thousand. But some of you don't even bat ten or five. Therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, try my best, Lord. And if you don't, the Holy Spirit doesn't get in these words of yours right here, and he will, because you promise you will. We'll get to that a little later. Continue on, brother. Verse 40. He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Now that's handing down authority to the preacher. Right there. The ones that have the rule over you. Remember back in Hebrews? Continue on. It's a continuation. All Paul's doing is just reiterating what the Lord told him. And here it is right here. The chain of command. God the Father. God the Son. And the God called preachers and teachers. That's your, that's your chain of command. To the sheep. That's what it's about, folks. You can run and you can, but you can't hide. If you're his, he will snatch you out no matter where you're, if you're his. If you're his. And that if is with two quote unquotes. 
if you're his. Reason one of the biggest blessings that you could possibly have is stripes on your back from the Lord. You ought to praise God for every one of them. Even when it hurts so bad, you can't even you can't even hardly move. If you know that you, there are stripes from the Lord, and you can you can tie it in with some where the Lord's having to whoop your tail, you better praise God for every one because that's one way you know you're His. And if you're skating, there'll be a problem, as the old nigga say. There'll be a problem somewhere. Now, folks, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to go through the whole teaching of Christian suffering again. I'm just telling you, it will come. It it not only will, it has to come. Remember those two verses in Timothy, chapter 5, that I'm always trying to put in chapter 2 and 3 that we went to the other night? The ones that do slide that are truly God's, their purpose is to take care of the ones that are not having it so well. See, every member has its own office and duty. That's the reason not one member of the body can say to the other member, I have no need of thee. See, always exceptions to the rule, folks. Always exceptions to the rule. I personally believe that John died of old age. I don't necessarily believe the Catholic tale about how he's, I don't. I believe he died of old age. I believe he was the exception to the mar- every one of the rest of them was martyred. I personally don't believe that John was. <coughs> you better, let's, let's put it this way. Some of you better hope he wasn't, okay? Let's put it that way. Continue mm-hmm. on, brother. Yeah, I, I I always thought that he... I had never heard anything other than that, Pastor Don, so I don't know. Heard anything um, other than what? Then that of old age? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, amen. Well, the Catholics teach you it's boiled in oil or some kind of junk. What is it they teach Brother Dave? I forgot. Um, I'm not sure, but he was boiled in oil, but he lived, right? Yeah, it didn't, yeah, it didn't kill him. Right. Right. He survived it. I, mean, I believe you. I believe you lived in... He had... Folks... He, he died of old age, okay? There's nothing to indicate otherwise except old wives' tales that try and, to make uh, it he, he not only survived it, but what I should make clear is he was unscathed. Yes. Yes. That's the exception, folks. That's why I said, for some, you better you better pray to God. <laughs> well, you know, you're no good now, but you better be thankful that there is that type. That that that's the type of what I just got through talking about. There are some that don't get that don't get it here. They get they'll get it later for their inward sins and stuff like that. But other people get it in the neck in front of everybody. Yours truly, number one here, okay. But some slide it, but they're gonna get it later. I'd rather get mine here open before everybody than have to wait. <laughs> to have to wait to get it at the judgment seat of Christ. Because I'm telling you, folks, if God is my witness, that terror of the Lord Paul's talking about in 2 Corinthians 5, and that doing despite to the grace of God, 
I'm telling you what, that 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 suffering loss, it ain't gonna be no picnic. It ain't gonna be no picnic at all. Continue on, brother. We ain't gonna get to where I want to go tonight. Verse forty-one: He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. There's that reward. See, he's talking about rewards. You didn't say anything about salvation there because it ain't there. He's not talking about salvation. He's talking about rewards right here. His disciples. What he's talking about. But everything he's talking about up above here, none of the, if you're not familiar with any of this, if you're not familiar about the stuff I'm talking about, need to be some praying. If you're about that mental ascension, knowledge, you can memorize every verse of Scripture in this King James Bible. And mentally memorize every verse because you've got a photographic memory and be just as lost as hell. And your hell might not be as odd as others. If you're a moral person and you got a good family and raised your kids right and, and um, you know, did, got, got a good name and good character references and all, your hell won't be as odd as, you know, somebody that was like uh, John Dillinger or uh, Pretty Boy Floyd or Al Capone or Fidel Castro or the Popes. Oh, because the Popes going to be, you talking about hot. His hell is really going to be hot. Because as we learn in just a few minutes, the Lord hates spiritual sin a whole lot worse than he does fleshy sin. And that's a whole different sermon for another time, but we're going to have to touch on it a little bit. So now, let's go and let's learn about the sure mercies of David. Those of you that love the Lord Jesus Christ and are in Christ Jesus, have been baptized into one body and the Spirit of God dwells in you, then let's see why that you're always going to be in Christ. Not only last night, when God closed the door to that ark, were they safe, assured by God. The door was closed, and they were going to be safe. The Lord told them they were, no matter how bad the waves got or anything else. But they were safe and secure. And like Brother Dave read to you, those that come to the Lord, he will in no wise cast out. Once the Father gives him, there he is. And he ain't going nowhere. They may have a rough time of it. They will have a rough time of it. 99% of them going to have a rough time of it. Notice I said 99. But there are so few of true Bible-believing Christians today, and the rest are just deceived as hell or don't have a clue. You can pretty much tell. By their fruits, you'll know. Second Samuel chapter 7, Brother Dave. Let me start and give a little bit of introduction. David is sitting on the throne. Prophet Nathan comes in. 
All the countries are conquered. Every one of the tribes have all of their land allotted given to them. They all have it. Everybody's comfortable. All the enemies are put down under David. Okay? First king, when Israel came out of the period of the judges, they kept clamoring for a king like all the nations around them. Oh, we want a king we can see. Well, Samuel told him, hey, God's your king. You don't want it. If you get up a king, he'll take your daughters. He'll, he'll tax you. He'll do this. He'll do that. They warned them. No, 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 no. They wanted a real king like all the other nations. That's peer pressure. See, got to, the old spirit of the world got to them. They want to be like everybody else. So God gave him Saul, the son of Seth. And don't forget, it ain't never the first one. It's always the second. And what did Saul do? He turned out to be a bust, disobeyed God, brought a gag in when God had done told him to wipe them all out, men, women, and children. Wipe them, everyone out. No, Saul, boy, to show off, he brought back a gag with him and he kept getting demon-possessed, and David would have to come in and play his harp to run the demons off, which tells you that music has something to do with demons like I've been trying to tell you for four years. But some of you think it's just a, I'm making up a, some kind of fairy tale or something. But David's heart playing would run these demons off, but the demons would leave Saul, and he'd get back, his, he'd get back in his right mind and start trying to do right. But finally he got demon-possessed, and they never left him again. And he committed suicide on the battlefield with the demons still in him. And as far as the, the Bible, and you're fixing to find out, God give him up. Saul is nowhere mentioned and kingship as far as being one of Israel's kings, and God gave him up, period. In other words, Saul went bye-bye. His sins, his sins was spiritual. Remember, he went to a necromancer and called up Samuel. See? Just like Solomon's sins was spiritual, but one of the kings that sins were spiritual, God got rid of, and they was no more the Lord's. The next one that committed spiritual sins comes under the sure mercies of David, which go all the way through into the New Testament up until this moment, right now. Now we're going to find out about them. Brother Dave, start at verse 1 and just start reading. Second Samuel 7, verse 1. Brother Chad, came... you go to Isaiah chapter 55, please, while Brother yes. Dave reads. And it came to pass when the king sat in his house, and the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemies, that the king said unto Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. And Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in thine heart, for the Lord is with thee. And it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came unto Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus saith the Lord, Shalt thou build me a house for me to dwell in? Whereas I have not dwelt in any house since the time that I brought up the children of Israel out of Egypt, even to this day, but have walked in a tent and in a tabernacle. In all the places wherein I have walked with all the children of Israel, spake I, a word with any of the tribes of Israel, whom I commanded to feed my people Israel, saying, Why build ye not an house of cedar? Now therefore, 
So shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thou saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheepcote, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people, over Israel. And I was with thee whithersoever thou wentest, and have cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight, and have made thee a great name like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own, and move no more, neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more as before time. Okay, I'll make just a couple of comments about this verse right here. I told you this is the verse that sold me on the Anglo-Israel truth and God ditching the old land over there for the time being and putting us in a new land, the dispersed Israelites. And I told you that the United States of America and Canada, North America, was a type, a, a type of physical New Jerusalem and it, the greatest regathering of Israelites that ever took place took place in North America. And this is the land that is being talked about when he says, I will appoint them a new land, a new place, and he'll plant them there and will never move anymore. See, that's so important in understanding prophecy. I've went over it a number of times, and you couldn't get a Judeo-Christian to land here without allegorizing and metaphorizing out the yin-yang because he can't explain it. Because he all he wants to talk about is the Jerusalem that's over there now and uh, and the second Kings sixteen six Jew 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 Jew. He ain't got sense enough to go by his own biblical means of interpretation with the law of first mention. He has he he loses it. It does something to his mind. Just as saved as you or I, but he does something to his mind because he won't walk in the light that the Lord's trying to give him. Not even by his own method of interpretation of biblical prophecy. That's what's so mind-boggling to me. That's what's so, like I said, this verse right here clinched it for me. Absolutely clinched it. So we'll continue on now. We haven't even got to the sure mercies yet. Go ahead, brother. And as since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel and have caused thee to rest from all thine enemies, also the Lord telleth thee that he will make thee an house. And when the days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. The throne of his kingdom forever. Okay. Not only is the Lord... Now, the reason you know this is because what we're going to find out in the New Testament and in Isaiah just a little bit later. But I'm going to go ahead and explain a little bit of what the Lord's saying here now. He's talking about Solomon and he's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ at the same time. But it was, remember the mystery hidden from the foundation of the world, those mysteries that were revealed to Paul Nobody had a clue about them. This is one of them right here. Continue on, brother. And let's watch what he says right here. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, okay, stop. I will change. If he, I will be his son. What are we? 
Brother Dave? Are we sons of God? Yes. Okay. Brother Chad, you listening? Yes. We are sons of God, right? Right. Okay. It's talking about a son of God. If you are in him and he's in you, you are a son of God. According to, I can't name enough scriptures. It's all through the New Testament. Okay? Okay. Well, come on, man. You ought to be by uh, understanding this right off the bat. Yeah, if you are in him and he is in you, you are a son of God. Well, Paul tells you that in Romans chapter 8 right off the bat. Amen. John, what what is it John says in 1 John chapter 1? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, yes. Yep, keep on. Oh, yeah, and all things were created by him and for him. Uh Let's just go there. First John, don't want to misquote it. First John chapter 1 says, In the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. No, it's John chapter 1, sorry. Yeah, John chapter 1. Yeah. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light. Let let me just quote it. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as did receive him, to them he gave power to do what? To become the sons of God. Bingo. There you go. Back to Second Samuel. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. Okay, but my- that's what will happen if the Son of God sins. You got that? Did you see anything above it, or, or are you going to see below? You're not going to see nothing that says about casting off, going to hell, or anything else. You're not going to find it because it ain't there. Okay? This is called the sure mercies of David. Paul's going to explain them a little bit later, and Isaiah's got fantastic explanation when he does his evangelism in Isaiah 55. Continue on. But my mercy shall not depart away from him as I took it from Saul. So he did take his mercy away from Saul, but he's not going to take it away from the seeds, plural of David, who are the sons of God. He's not going to take his mercy away. It's called the sure mercies of David, folks. But he did take it away from the demon-possessed suicide that was Saul. Didn't make none of it up, folks. Scripture was Scripture. Okay? Continue on, brother whom I put away before thee. In thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. Twice in the same verse, forever and forever. Remember that household of God it talks about in Second Timothy, Brother Dave? <laughs> yes. Ah, ah, yes. In God's house there are many vessels, some to honor and some to dishonor, folks. Remember? See, you remember? 
That what that's what Paul's coming. He's he's going on. That was everything was written for time, written for our learning, folks. He's going. He's explaining this unexplainable stuff up until the time God, the Lord Jesus Christ, gave him the revelations. Continue, brother Dave. According to all these words and according to all this vision, so did Nathan speak unto David. Then went King David in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that thou hast brought me hitherto? Okay, let me tell you something. This is David. David understands, and David is thankful. And that's what each one of you should be that are in Christ Jesus. David was David was a gigantic sinner. Saul didn't ki- commit adultery and, and kill nobody, have nobody murdered. No. Saul committed spiritual sin, and God put him away and took his mercy away from him. But not David. David is a man after God's own heart. It's never the first, folks. It's always the second. It's not Esau, it's Jacob. It's not Ishmael, it's Isaac. Okay? It's not Abel, it's Seth. You see what I mean, Jelly Bean? All the way through the scripture. And that law of first mention starts all the way back in Genesis chapter 3. What did you do with Saul? Saul? Solomon committed spiritual sin. Yeah, but Solomon's under the sheer mercies of David because he feeds his seed. <laughs> he committed worse sins than Saul committed. But he's under the He didn't even take the kingdoms away from him till, until after he was dead. He didn't even split the kingdoms up until after Solomon was dead, keeping his promise to David. That ought to just make you want to jump up and turn a backflip. If you understand spiritual things, that ought to make you, that with all the times that you've sinned today, by omission, you ought to be thanking God. You ought to be thanking God for this, this promise that he made to David. Continue on, brother. Let's watch David give some thanks. And this was yet a small thing in thy sight, O Lord God, but thou hast spoken also of thy servant's house for a great while to come. And is this the manner of man, O Lord God? And what can David say more unto thee? For thou, Lord God, knowest thy servant. For thy word's sake and according to thine own heart, Hast thou done all these great things to make thy servant know them? Wherefore, thou art great, O Lord God, for there is none like thee, neither is there any God besides thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. And what one nation in the earth is like thy people, even like Israel? whom God went to redeem for a people to himself and to make him a name and to do for you great things and terrible for thy land before thy people, which thou redeemest to thee from Egypt, from the nations and their gods. For thou hast confirmed to thyself thy people Israel to be a people unto thee forever, and thou, Lord, 
art become their God. And now, O Lord God, the word that thou hast spoken concerning thy servant and concerning his house, establish it forever and do as thou hast said and let thy name be magnified forever saying the Lord of hosts is God over Israel and let the house of thy servant David be established before thee for thou O Lord of hosts God of Israel hast revealed to thy servant saying I will build thee an house therefore hath thy servant found in his heart to pray this prayer unto thee And now, O Lord God, Thou art that God, and Thy words be true, and Thou hast promised this goodness unto Thy servant. Therefore now, let it it please Thee to bless the house of Thy servant, that it may continue forever before Thee. For Thou, O Lord God, hast spoken it, and with Thy blessing, let the house of Thy servant be blessed forever. Amen, amen, amen. Brother Dave, real quick, go to Galatians chapter 6 before Brother Chad reads Isaiah 55. Okay. Because this is where some of the folks out there that we know, they get screwed up because they think this is only physical blessings. They don't understand the spiritual blessings. Let's see what Paul, you say this, oh, yo, this is this wrong, this right, oh, this right. Let's see what Paul told the Galatians in six, chapter 6, verse, I think it's verse 18 or 20. Um, okay. Talking to the Galatians. Yeah, blessings be verses. upon thee and upon. Okay, blessings. Galatians 6, 20, brother. Uh, well, there is no 620. Okay. There's 18 verses. Okay, excuse me. My, my bad. Galatians 6, is it 610 where it says, Blessings be upon thee and upon the Israel of God. Oh, That's okay. what I'm looking for. 612? Uh, not 612. 616? 616. That's it. Oh, Thank okay. You. Thank you, Brother Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them. And mercy and upon the Israel of God. Ah, see there? There's Israel, the Galatians. The Galatians. Oh, they have such a time of it out in the quote unquote Christian, Judeo Christian world. They don't even like that verse. They don't know what to do with it. And some of our folks don't know what to do with it either. They try to make all it a physical blessing. And it's true, but it's a half-truth. So let's go and see the evangelistic sermon that Brother Isaiah, what understanding he had. Just start at verse 1, Brother Chad, and come down through there. Brother Dave, you go to Acts chapter 13. Okay. So if that's a half-truth, it's a lie. (laughs) You got it, brother. (laughs) Anathema. All right, Isaiah 55. Oh, Every every one that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread? 
and your labor for that which satisfieth not. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. A what? A what? An everlasting covenant. Oh, yes. Let's see what he's talking about. Go ahead. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Bingo. Let's see who he's talking about, who he's going to give these this everlasting covenant to. You didn't even know it was everlasting. After seeing forever so many times back here in Second Samuel 22, like I said, <laughs> well, Isaiah tells you it's the sure mercies of David, and it's an everlasting covenant. Continue on. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people a leader and commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew, again, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God. Oh, my goodness. He's talking about Jesus Christ, folks, as the leader. And then he's talking to a bunch of people that he didn't even know their name. Oh, oh, oh. Go ahead. Um, Yeah, they shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Absolutely. When you preach the word of God under the spirit of God's anointing, it will accomplish what he wants it to accomplish, not necessarily what I want it to accomplish, or Brother David, Brother Chad wants it to accomplish, but it will accomplish what God wants it to accomplish. That's a promise. And these people are under the sure mercies of David. Don't forget, if they sin, if they screw up, if they bump their head, as the old nigger used to say up in Montgomery, I bumped my head to dig Brother Don. He doesn't got him a rock of crack cocaine. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I bumped my head to dig Brother Don. So that's what I'm using it for. If you bump your head, fall on your face, it's not how you start, it's how you finish, folks. Keep that in mind. In everything you do, it's how you finish the race. Finish the race. Finish the race. Finish the race. Continue on, brother. Verse 12, For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. There's those trees again with hands. That's right. Likened unto men. Yep. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. 
Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. There's the new birth right there, Brother David, staring everybody in the face. Mm, you see praise that? The Lord. Praise the Lord. See it, Brother David? Yes. Now, mm-hmm. Go ahead, Brother David. Amen. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, old things are passed away, all things are become new. Okay, let's go to Acts chapter 13. Brother Dave, if you would, I want you to start in verse 16. There'll be a paragraph mark, or should be, a paragraph mark right there. This is the New Testament. After Paul's done got his marching orders from the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 13. Verse 16. Then Paul stood up and beckoning with his hand said, Man of Israel and ye that fear God, give stop, audience. Stop, stop, Two different classes of folks. Amen, Brother David. Amen. Continue on. The God of this people of Israel chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt. And with an high arm brought he them out of it. And about the time of forty years suffered he their manners in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he divided their land to them by lot. And after that he gave unto them judges about the space of 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And afterward they desired a king. And God gave unto them Saul the son of Kith, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, by the space of 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Of this man's seed hath God, according to his own, his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. When John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance, to all the people of Israel. And as John fulfilled his course, he said, Whom think ye that I am? I am not he. But, behold, there cometh one after me, whose shoes of his feet I am not worthy to loose. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God, To you is the word of this salvation sent. For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they, Pilate, that he should be slain. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. But God raised him from the dead. And he was seen many days of them, which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. 
And we declare unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he hath raised up Jesus again, as it is also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption. He said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Bingo! The sure mercies of David are in Christ Jesus, and if you're in Christ Jesus, you have the sure mercies of David. Continue reading, brother. Wherefore, he saith also in another psalm, Thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised again saw no corruption. But it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets, Behold, ye despisers, and wonder, and perish, for I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. Oh, that's so true. That's so true today, just like it was then. Go ahead. And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now, when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes what? followed what? Paul. What? What? What did you just say? <laughs> I've been telling you for four years, folks. The Jews and who? Religious proselytes. Bingo. Do you need Brother Dave to go give you the definition of proselyte? They'll lie to you, folks. They'll lie, lie, lie. Told you he's talking about more than one group of people, not just Judeans. Right. Talking about it, it was a cosmopolitan area. Right. Whosoever wills. That's right. You got it. Bingo, brother. Whosoever wills. Exactly like I teach y'all. Go ahead, brother. And religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. Continuing in the grace of God, turning from a worm into a butterfly. Continue. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing ye put it from you, 
and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life, believed. <laughs> you couldn't beat it with a beating machine, folks. You couldn't beat it with a beating machine. There's your sure mercies of David. Remember what the Lord said. If they screw up and they commit iniquity or sin, which harmatia or iniquity, transgression, whichever one you want, don't make no difference. I'll chastise them, but I won't put them off. If you're in Christ. Romans 10 says, talking about these Judeans, they, going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. For God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God, quote, unquote, in him. Romans chapter 4. Brother Chad? Yes. And I want you to go ahead and read the doctrine of imputation, which is the sure mercies of David. It'll start start chapter 4 and read verses 5 through 9. Romans chapter 4, verse 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man, unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Bingo. There you go, folks. That's the sure mercies of David. That's the reason Paul can say everything he says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 through 39. And that's the reason... And there is no reason, if you're in Christ, that you should doubt one second that, that, that God closed that door and the only person that can open that door is the Lord. And he promised to buy an everlasting covenant that he made that he would not. Hence the doctrine of eternal security for the Israel of God. Is that plain to you guys? That's the plainest it's ever been uh, shown. That's for darn sure. It uh, covers, uh, you know, Old Testament to New Testament. It's continual. It's there. That's what it says. Is it clear to you? Yes, very clear. Very good indeed. And let me let me just give y'all a little icing on the cake. Talking about the bride for just a second. In typology, Isaac is a type of Jesus Christ. When Abraham sends out Eliezer, he makes him promise that he will only go to his Israelite brethren to get him a wife. He makes him swear, put his hand on his thigh and swear 
that he will not take a wife for Isaac that is not of his brethren. Hence, the elect bride of Christ that I teach you have been teaching you for four years. You could, folks, it's, it's clear doctrine. It's just as clear as it can be. Any questions in the chat room? Brother Dave, you want to add anything to it? Brother Chad, you want to add anything? There's no questions in the chat room. Okay. Oh, uh, Brother Don, you were referring Romans uh, 4, 5 to 8 is why Paul is able to say what he says in Romans 8. Which verses? Huh? Oh, verse 20, verse 26 through 39. Okay. I just missed that, and I just want to go straight there and not... With the context being the elect of God. I tell you, we'll, pro- we'll finish the program. We'll just let you read it for us, okay? Just go sure. there to Romans 8, starting at verse 26, and read with the context is going to be the elect. It's going to be the bride of Christ, and watch what Paul says. Verse 26 to 39. Okay, Romans 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. There you go, Brother Tony. That's what we was talking about today. Go ahead, Brother. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. There's that predestination, preordained, saved forever. If they commit iniquities or transgressions or sin, I'll punish them. I'll chasten them or scourge them. Hebrews chapter 12, starting at verse 6. Whom he loveth, who most over his son he loveth, he chasteneth and scourges every son whom he receiveth. For if you be without chastisement, whereby all are partakers, then you're a bastard and not a son. That's the reason I made that seemingly off-the-cuff statement earlier about thanking God for every stripe. Amen. Continue, continue reading, brother. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Which was one of my revelation lines there the other day. Remember, Pastor Don? Yes, absolutely. That's the reason I called him Big Brother earlier. (laughs) Amen. The firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge? Of God's elect. There's an elect Israelites. Go ahead. It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? 
it is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers... There's some folks that are here today, Brother Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature. Any other what? Creature. (laughs) Go ahead. Those beasts. There you go, brother. Amen. Neither height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Hence the doctrine of the sure mercies of David and eternal security. Contrary to all those denominations, Protestant denominations have been bad-mouthing us non-Protestants for 2,000 years. Heavenly Father, well, thank you for this time tonight we've had to spend together, Father. I thank you so much yes. for the readers that you've given me, Father. I pray that they read. I thank you that they read evangelistically with the Spirit of God upon them, Father. And I thank God that they love you and love our Lord Jesus Christ, Father. I pray, God, for each one in the chat room that they've understood these words tonight, Father, and yes. that the Spirit will work in their lives, Father. If there be any that don't know you personally, I pray that they'd re-listen to this, Father, and make sure to examine themselves, Father, to find out and let you, let the Spirit of God and the Word of God tell them, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Father, we love you, and it wouldn't bother me one bit if you split the eastern sky right now, but it looks like that we've got a ways to go and a lot of hell to get through before we get there, but I thank God it's gone, that all that'll be gone, when all the tears are wiped away and all the pain is gone and no more sin and no more thought of sin and all that stuff is thrown into the sea of forgetfulness according to the seventh chapter of the book of Micah. Thank you for that, Lord. And, Father, I pray that you'd go with us throughout the remainder of the night, give each and every one of the sound of my voice and the downloaders a good night's sleep. Father, and we'll give you all the honor and the praise for everything you do. For it's in the name that is above every name, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen. Yes, amen. Brother Dave. The contact information for Don Spears Ministries. Telephone number 334-397-2333. Again, that's 334-397-233. Don's email address is respect to the Lord at yahoo.com. You can go to PayPal and enter the account respect to the Lord at yahoo.com. 
And if you have an account, uh, a PayPal account, you can make an offering to Pastor Don there, to the Lord Jesus Christ first, and to his servant, Pastor Don. You can make your offering there, or you can send your cards and letters and offerings to Pastor Don's mailing address, his home address, 3155 Louisville Street, Apartment D1, Clio, Alabama, 36017, 36017. Thanks for listening, everyone. Good job, guys. And by the way, folks, I'd appreciate anything you can do. I, I give you, I give you the word according to the word of God. God will bless you. There's no if you believe the word of God. That's what it says. You will be blessed. And I'd appreciate anything you do. God bless each and every one of you. Lord willing, we'll meet back Friday night, and we'll continue on with Noah's Ark and Genesis, with probably a few more things added as well. Good night, guys. Love each and every one of you. Give me a call now. We'll talk this week, okay? Okay. Good job, Brother Kevin. Love you, brother. Love you for all the labor you do, brother. God bless you. See you guys Friday night, Lord willing, health permitting. Good night, everyone. Good night. Eternity. Eternity. Time without end. What profit can there be? to gain this whole round world all your own. Then to step into eternity and find out there that you've lost your soul. Not one thing this world offers you in exchange for your soul can take your guilt away when time is no more. Jesus Christ is the only way Reach out and believe. My friend, there's no chance in eternity to change your destiny.
Lord Jesus, please adopt me. Free me from all my sin. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. 